Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 74, how your parent can completely change even when they don't change at all with Phil Goddard. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. I really love this episode that you're about to listen to. I know I probably say that often and I always mean it, but I mean it today too. This conversation with Phil Goddard is so good. So I won't give a bunch of spoiler alerts, but I will say that Phil walks us through his relationship with his dad, how it was uh, very rocky, very non-existent at times, very rocky at other times, and how it is today. And it's a beautiful, beautiful conversation and so, so great to see, not only like because it's interesting and it it pulls us through and we're happy for Phil and his dad and how things are and all of that, but it really, really shows us something about what relationships really are in a sense in that, you know, it looks like we're in relationship with the person in our lives. It looks like the relationship is with our parent or our partner or our children or whoever. But what Phil's story really kind of highlights is that we're always more in relationship with our own thinking than we are with the actual person in front of us. I think that's the case in the best of circumstances and the easiest, closest relationships even, because it's just how we're wired. It's just kind of how we work, that we we carry so much thinking around and we're in relationship with that. And when we see something about that or that thinking begins to shift, huge change in relationships is always possible. I'm not saying it always happens, but it's always possible because of our design. So I love Phil's story and how he shares it and how it highlights so much about how we work as humans and and how wired for that deep connection we really are. It's also so timely right now as we go into the holiday season and people are around family, maybe family who they don't see all that often or don't see eye to eye with. I think it's just a beautiful illustration of, again, not necessarily how it's going to go, but to just help us see a little bit about what we are in relationship with, you know, that a little bit of understanding of just seeing how another person sees things can go such a long way. So enjoy Phil and his story. Hey, Phil, thank you so much for being Unchangeable. Oh, so happy to be here, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, um, really looking forward to our conversation. Um, since I was on your podcast, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, and um, and we kind of just alluded to this conversation happening at some point. And, um, and I know at that time, we just shot around some ideas and you mentioned how uh, your relationship with your father is has gone through a lot <laughs> and looks very oh, different yeah. today than it did at one point. And I think, yeah. um, as I was telling you, I think it's just such a such a universal topic and it's, um, it's coming up a lot lately around the holidays with people who get, in their words, triggered by their family. Um, but, you know, again, it's not, it's not just for this time of year. It's, it's all over the place. So I'm, I'm excited to hear how things yeah. have shifted for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, I think it is a very, a very common, maybe universal story um, in 
you know, struggling really with um, how our parents look to us and then, um, yeah, just seeing them differently. And, and yeah, I'm happy to say like, you know, the spoiler alert, it, it's, I, I couldn't imagine a, a few years ago, the relationship that I have with my dad now is quite, quite an incredible change. Yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah. So how was it? So let's get to the bad part. <laughs> how was it? How was it when it was bad? <laughs> you know, so when I look back at my childhood, I, I can remember like a, a time with, with my dad, but we never were close. And, you know, I, I, we see it, people sharing wonderful um, tributes to their dad on Father's Day and stuff like that. I mean, I never felt any of that about my dad. In fact, looking back, I can see that for the vast majority of my life, I wished my dad was different. I really wished he was different. Um, and, you know, we can judge his behavior, his 1970s behavior from 21st century standards. And you know, some people might say that he was abusive, but I, I have to say that I'd entertained those thoughts at various stages in my life, but, you know, it looks different to me now. Um, he, I, he, like I say, even if we used to go out for a day, he really was the, took the role of the provider and that was it. So he might drive us, for example, to, to the beach and then he'd just stay in the car or on a blanket and read a book. He wouldn't, he was never really integrated with us as a family. And similarly, um, I can remember times when he would come home from work and he would have his, have his dinner uh, my mother was very traditional in that sense. And, um, and then he would spend the evening, entire evening with like his headphones on listening to, to music, kind of like to escape from us. And he was sort of rolled out as the authoritarian and to punish us if we were ever naughty, you know, there was that phrase, Oh, you wait till your dad gets home. So it was a pretty bad rap. And, um, that culminated, I guess, when I was like 21 years old, um, and had uh, had a falling out with him, um, where what, what was actually going on was my fiance at the time um, had a big row with his second wife. So um, yeah, not my mother, but his second wife. And then I got handed the phone, and, and my dad was on the other end. And I'm thinking, okay, the two of us are going to sort this out like adults. And he just said to me. Um, I don't want this. You're no son of mine. Click, hung up, and then refused to speak to me for the best part of 10 years, which are also probably 10 toughest years of my life. Um, so, yeah, like I essentially got disowned by, by my own dad. So um, I don't know that it get much worse than that, really. <laughs> <laughs> so during, during those 10 years, how, how were you with with that relation. I mean, there wasn't a relationship, but there was in your experience, in your mind, you know, were you kind of like good riddance? I'm better off without you. Did you want to make amends? Like, how was it for you? Gosh, I, I mean, I have to, I, I found it really tough. I think as anybody would, even though I wasn't close to him at all. Um, and I think it, it, people who have perhaps lost parents that they weren't close to and after they've gone, they still, there's still an enormous sense of loss, um, in that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I went through a lot of work with that counseling and stuff to kind of, to kind of handle that. I was distraught about it, that, uh, how on earth could he do this? 
really, how on earth could he do that? And that was a question that flowed around in my mind for many years and, until relatively recently, I guess. How could he do that? Um, and there is a difference, of course, between the exclamation, how could he do that? And, and really the genuine curious question, how could he do that? Yeah. Um, and perhaps I'll come to that a bit later. But um, for me, yeah, it, it was, he was still, you know, in communication with uh, my three siblings and pretty much everybody else in my family, although he did then move on to disown his own parents um, through a similar falling out. Um, so all of this really just added to my judgment of him for sure and added to the the quite vile stories that I would tell myself uh, about him yeah and so um yeah so what happened at the end of the 10 years to kind of have you guys <laughs> back together yeah yeah and so it was um it was actually at his 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 father passed away first and it was at his mother's funeral that he approached me and wanted to shake my hand and, and he said something like, um, you know, is it, it's this has gone on long enough or something like that. And I remember thinking, yeah, okay, but this is not the time and the place and I didn't feel to enter in a conversation with him but kind of took that sign. And... Um, I don't remember exact details because this is uh, this is well over ten years ago, and um, yeah, just I started visiting him. So, but it was it was very tense. There's a <laughs> a tenuous relationship with him, so it's very superficial. So, really, just going to visit him, perhaps for half an hour, once a month, probably not even that regularly okay, see how he was. Because this is a guy that I just felt, he never really knew me. Because like between the ages of 21 and 31, I had changed so much. During those 10 years, I, I became an overnight stepdad to two children and then had my own child as well and was bringing up a family. And uh, yeah, and then that marriage eventually came to an end after about 10 years. So it was very turbulent for me. And, I, and so I was meeting this guy who was, you know, technically my dad, but I just felt he didn't know me at all. Yeah. He really didn't know me at all. And, you know, I hadn't really considered that I didn't know him because my ideas of him were so strong and prominent in my mind. I, I, I don't even recall really giving that a thought of wanting to get to know um, who he was or is. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like, I think that is such a... Um such a common sentiment that many of us have about our parents. Like well, you don't, at various points in our life, certainly when we're younger, but even as we get older, sometimes we just feel like you, you should know me, <laughs> like you brought me into this world. And we, we don't feel often heard or understood or really known by our parents. But I love what you just said. Like it almost never occurs to the child that we also don't really know our parents. It, you know, it just feels very, feels very one-sided in that regard. Oh, gosh, absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, without wanting to really jump around too much, but just seeing since the extent of my stories around him, um, yeah, just like that's been liberating to see the extent of those and how those entertaining all of those stories has kept me from, from knowing him and understanding him. Yeah. And it is in that knowing and understanding of, of, of him that has, that has transformed the relationship. Yeah. So 
so you're visiting him and it's um and it's kind of tense, but you're feeling it out. So yeah, like how how long did it feel that way and like what what kind of helped it become easier? Yeah. yeah. So at the same time I'm doing um I mean I was I was certainly coaching by then and immersed in personal development and um I'd come across the principles by then as well. So things were opening up, but I had, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of laughing at myself because um, I thought I had gone through a process of understanding and forgiveness. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and so, but I was feeling really good about myself. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I wouldn't have admitted this at the time. It's just really what I've seen since. That yeah, I've done my work. I've done my forgiveness. We're good. Yeah, he he did. What he was doing what made sense to him. That's all. That's all. That's all fine. No, I don't have to like it. And there's a bit of a revelation there, by the way, Amy. That um, I think one of the toughest things. Um, it can look pretty tough actually to to come to terms with as a as a child, even an adult child, is uh, not liking our parents and really not liking who they are. And I have to say, even now, even though the relationship has, has, has changed and my heart is open, I feel so much love for him now. He, he's not somebody that I, I particularly admire and really like, and we're very different. He's very, very old-fashioned in his point of views around the world. So it's... it's is there was a there was a really a coming to terms with okay yeah I don't have to like um, one of my parents very much like that I don't have to resist that and keep telling myself that I should or that I should like him or he should be different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those sort of the ten years or so after after we reconnected, I'm I'm kind of coming from a place of of forgiveness, which is a beautiful stepping stone for anyone who, who feels um, that they've been wronged, um, abused, or anything like that, for sure. I would never discourage looking in that direction because it certainly helped me. I wouldn't have um, reconnected with him at all had I have not gone through, gone through that process of, of, okay, of forgiving and, yeah, opening my heart to him a little bit. But there's, there was still... For me, and this is, you know, this is my personal story. It can be different for everybody. But looking back, I can see that I was still holding on to quite a big dose of self-righteousness as, as to who had behaved rightly and who had behaved wrongly in this. And so, of course, holding on to that, there was still sort of metaphorically a wall between us. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you mentioned earlier, just the the thing about forgiveness, it, it that's part of it, right? Like if you feel yeah. like, oh, I forgive you because like you finish that sentence with because you were wrong, which has all the judgment and self-righteousness kind of baked into it. Now, again, like you said, it's sometimes that's just where we are. That's just how it mm. looks. And we, that's just how it looks and that's okay. But it, but I love what you're kind of speaking to is like forgiveness is a bit of a step along along the path, you know, rather than the holy girl necessarily. I didn't see it, by the way. I didn't see that there was a step beyond that until yeah. uh, a friend of mine kind of really pushed me on it because I'm like, yeah, no, I'm totally at peace with my dad. It's fine. And yeah, okay, so I don't like, I think I'd said something like, um, 
class is such a, in a way, looking back, it seems like a bit of a spiritual bypass, so to speak. But I was having this conversation with a friend saying, yeah, but I, I do love him, but I love him in the same way as I love that homeless man down the street. It's just love. So it's all cool. And um, essentially, my friend just called BS on it. That um, uh, there was more. There was more there for me. There was a step beyond that, and there was a potentially a, a deeper relationship available. And of course, I didn't really like that. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I really feel at peace about it. And um, you know, so essentially, from having no relationship, we were having some kind of relationship which was just bearable. It was it's kind of like, yeah, it's bearable. But I would still go and visit him and kind of grit my teeth and behind his back with my siblings, I'd sort of snigger and make fun of him. Gosh, I said something really awful to him, actually. I don't think he really got it. I don't know, shall I share this? What the hell? But because it, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> goodness gracious. I've, I've started now, so I am going to share it because it, because it will illustrate, and I'm sure there are people who relate to this, that we would, I would joke with my siblings about him passing on and like, okay, well, we won't have to worry about doing this whole visiting stuff, you know, when he's gone. And, and I even said to him, um, a bit emotional <laughs> just sharing this but I even said to him one time when we had some like uh, I think it was a birthday meal of his and with my siblings and our partners I said you know wow so it's so handy for you to live so close to the cemetery and he was a bit taken back I'm like oh, I just mean it's a really lovely peaceful place to walk but I didn't really mean that that was yeah. a pretty horrible thing to say to him so there was still this underlying pain that would um, creep up to the surface um, as it does, you know, by, by the, those kind of remarks. And I still, I still witness that in people. Um, you know, I, a couple of my siblings don't feel the same about him yet as, as I do. So there's still a bit of that going on. And, and um, we don't ever fall out, I think. You know, there's a lot of love and respect between me and my siblings. But we see that we, we understand that we see my dad differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can really relate to where they're at with that. It's like, okay yes they kind of they kind of do forgive him but they're still holding on to like who was right who was wrong and it's the so you end up having a relationship that's kind of just manageable yeah um and i'm so grateful really for my friend even though it's tough at the time like you feel that you're you're there like you've dealt with it look i've done i've done the work with this and i'm good i went through a hell of a lot of pain all that like counseling some kind of therapy and I feel I'm feeling like I've dealt with it, and somebody's saying to me, "No, that's just BS. There's, there is more for you there. There's there's more for you there." Yeah. Wow. So um, I think it's great, you know, just being able to be with your siblings at at that point, or or now even, you know, and kind of seeing it's the same thing we're talking about, right? Like they're just seeing it the only way they can see it, and. Mm-hmm. And you're just seeing it the only way that you can see it right now, which has changed every day over the past, you know, decades. Yeah. So like, I mean, this, this might not even have an answer, but I'm just curious how you would attempt to answer it. Like, what do you attribute to you? And we haven't finished the story yet and we will, but like for you, you gave us the spoiler so I can go there. Like, for you having a more open heart and a different way of feeling toward him now than some of your siblings do, is there, I don't know, is there something that you think you know or saw or something that Mm. maybe they haven't? And again, maybe it's not a fair question, but I'm just curious what comes up for you around that. Well, I mean, you know, I just want to honor, I want to honor them as well. Their story is their story, of course. So, um, but certainly for me, 
there was a series of events which seems to co- which seemed to come together and really shine a light on my stories of my dad and the role that the stories of my dad were playing in our relationship. Um, you know, I, I wrote a couple of books and I shared my first book with him. And in that, this is a couple of years ago, um, around about summer 2017. And he doesn't get a very good press in that book at all. Although some of the, some of the stuff I wrote in there, I wrote perhaps up to two or three years before even 2017. And, um, but I, I wanted him, like, I was proud, you know, what it feels like you've just published your first book, even though it's like self-published, but it's still like, yeah, this is so cool to have my first book. So I wanted to share it with him because there was still, as I've touched on, there was still that yearning of wanting to be known. Um, I wanted him to know me. And I remember saying to him, I, I, I want you to read this because it might help you to understand a little bit more about who I am. And he accepted it very graciously with that warning. Um, about him and, and he called me up and said, yeah, there's a few things now I'd like to talk to you about. And he was coming from a place of that. He wanted to understand more. And that actually surprised me because he, well, well, I'm not saying he, he was, but certainly my story of him was somebody who was very opinionated, quite bigoted, um, stubborn. So for him to really be open, to have a conversation with me, to understand what did I mean by a few things in the book. And yeah, he was very, very gracious about that. That was a side of him that I hadn't seen before. So I think that probably nudged <laughs> nudged yeah. me open a little bit, perhaps. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, around about the same time, um, I'd had a breakup, which um, <laughs> despite this understanding, like the, you know, the understanding that you share and, and that the, that we uh, explore in our work doesn't doesn't um, insulate us from life, of course. So, in in this in this breakup, I I was just absolutely heartbroken, and I went around his one day, um, and he just was like, okay, so I sat on the sofa, and he asked me how I was, and I just broke down in tears, and that's probably the first time he had seen me cry since I was a young child. So here I am, a you know, fully grown man. I don't know what was I, 48, 49, um, crying in his lounge. And it was, it was awkward and beautiful at the same time. It was awkward because I could sense he had no idea what to do yeah. um, with that. But I think, it, again, that opened us both up. Um, yeah, and also at play, so there's that, there's the, the, the curiosity that had been opened in both of us around my book and then that connection in sharing that moment of, of me feeling heartbroken. I don't know. There seemed to be something in that where I, yeah, I I felt compassion from my dad for the first time. I don't know. I, I, I cannot remember the last time I felt that. I cannot remember the last time I felt compassion from my dad. And I, it feels like a jump because I can't really tell you what happened, but something shifted in that I started to get curious about him. And I could see, oh, there's this guy that I've, I've not seen this compassion before. And I, like, so that was so out of alignment with my story of him. Yeah. Maybe that just opened it up that like, okay, well, shit, who, who is this guy then? Because for the first time in my life, I, I started to wonder, well, 
hang on, what's, what was it like for him? What was it really like for him? What was it that had him come home on those evenings and want to escape from his family or not join us when we would go to the beach? Or, um, you know, the, the parenting stuff, how he would physically punish us. Like, where was that? coming from so we started having some conversations around it and but i'm coming from a place of just genuine curiosity like really just i just saw oh my gosh all those stories that i have and yet i could just see that one of those stories that my dad's not compassionate wasn't true and that just seemed to shine a light on on this whole thing around the stories that i had around him i love how like all of this kind of just keeps pointing to how how easy and how close that that compassion and that desire to connect or not even desire but connection really is it's like you can now we can say it's not easy but you can cry in front of someone or someone who you think has no compassion can say hey let's talk about this and bam you're like oh, so much closer <laughs> you know like yeah. it doesn't when you yeah. tell the story it doesn't i mean it makes sense cuz we all are human and we felt this kind of stuff but you're right there's not this logical progression that's like a equals b equals c and here's how we got here but but that's to me what i hear in that and what it keeps pointing to it's like when we are just when we see the humility and the humanness and and the vulnerability in someone else or when we even express that ourselves it's like the wall that's in the way, which is not real anyway, just crumbles that much more. And we're, we're automatically like feel something that's always been there. And you know, that, that worked of course, uh, in the other direction as well. Like I, I, I haven't asked him because I wanted, haven't wanted really to probe there. Um, but it, it appeared to me that the more curious I got about him just genuinely, the more open he was to sharing. And I, I became surprised at his um, remorse for some of the things he'd done. Um, there were some things that he didn't remember of saying to me or to my siblings, yet we've all held on to those. Oh my gosh, how could he say such a thing? And yet really they were just throwaway remarks. But like nowadays, we, they're just considered, oh my God, that's such a horrible thing that you would say to a child. Um, but to him, it was it was just, like throwaway remarks he doesn't even remember. And what, what really became clear during those conversations was whether he, as a father, was playing the, the father role to the standard that we would hold him to today. And I could just see very clearly in my heart, he was doing absolutely what he believed to be the right thing to do for him and his family. Like, I have no doubts about that. Like, so. I know in this work we'll talk about well everybody's doing their best and and doing what makes sense to them and we can kind of get that intellectually but I could I could just really see that like he had he had no other choice to behave in the way that he did given how given his understanding of parenting which he could gain from his own parents given his understanding of life given how he how he saw us at the time it just it to me I could okay yeah that how could you even not do that? Like it would just make perfect sense to behave in the way that you did. Yeah. Wow. And, and with that, I mean, it's, it's easy to see then how you may or may not have a lot in common still, or really feel like, you know, he's your best buddy, but 
but so much of that, you know, the story, really, just the story that was that was closing you to him and closing him, you to him and him to you, maybe, like just starts to kind of disintegrate. So the whole liking what we have in common, like you're a nice guy, like like none of that. That's just on a different plane, you know? Like that's that's over here. But it's like this bigger, deeper stuff, like the the barriers just fall away. Uh, and also I I can I could see and can see just talking about it again now how we have a lot in common. Like, you know, life's messy. Being a parent is can be really messy and flipping hard. I mean, nowadays there's more support available for parents, of course, than there's ever been. Um, but when he was a parent, the only support he had was, was his own parents and their somewhat draconian views, I guess. <laughs> um, whereas now there's just this, you know, fortunately there's so much, so much available to help, to help every, everyone with anything really that, and I, and I know that I was, um, very progressive. i you know, I might describe myself as very progressive as a parent, whereas he had learned probably really by Victorian standards. So we weren't just one generation apart on our views of parenting. We're probably two or three generations apart. But I could just see, gosh, well, even by my own standards now, um, parenting, I, I certainly screwed up and, and did things that I wish I hadn't have done on reflection and certainly said things that I wish I hadn't have done. Like, far from perfect absolutely so you know life's messy parenting is messy and just seeing that it's it was it's really just the 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 evolving standards i guess that had changed we were having we we went through the same challenges and and um i could just really see that our heart we were we were still we were still doing we both did what we what we felt was best for our families without any doubt whatsoever it's like how could i even hold that against him how could i hold that against him it just didn't it didn't make sense anymore so the, the, there's a, a quite a shift there in that so from suddenly thinking okay the guy had done wrong but i forgive him so therefore the process there is i'm condemning him with my yeah. judgment of him i'm condemning him but forgiving him I could see that really there was nothing to condemn. So forgiveness became unnecessary. It just all dissolved. Like, how could I condemn somebody for, for, for doing what just made absolute complete sense? Like, he had, he had no choice. He had no choice to, to behave in the way that he did. Yeah. I think it's, um, I don't know. It, it, I know I've gone through this and it, it seems like maybe others have where um, when you become a parent, See, when I, I, my mom always told me, oh, you'll see. When you have kids, you'll see, mm. and you'll see how, <laughs> how wonderful I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. in many ways, the opposite has happened in some ways in, in my story, right? Because I think similar to what you're saying, there are such different parenting styles. And I, I suspect for many of us of our, of our generations and our parents' generations, you're right. It's not one generation difference. I mean, I think the world has changed so much and you know the past 50 60 years that and the their thinking about wellness and parenting and all of that has changed so much that there's a gigantic difference in how we parent versus how many of them did and so i know for me i could fall into this very easily of like having memories of you know now being with my kids and having these memories of ways that my parents talk to me and thinking oh my god like i would never i like what was what was wrong with you, <laughs> you know? And it, 
It does. It, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it brings that to light. And I think it's, I love, I love what you're sharing in that regard to just see for all of us, if our minds go there, you know, there, it's just something for us to kind of look at, you know, when we are judging, like you said, to, to really, and again, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, we're all doing the best we can. And it's one thing to really see it in various ways. But I think everyone listening to this has seen it in some area of their life, maybe not with their parents, you know, maybe not where it feels tougher, but we've definitely seen that in some way. And just to, just to hold that out to be true here as well, you know, and that the more, righteous or judgmental we feel or the more it looks like there's a difference in any relationship we're in just to be able to have that ability to kind of say huh well, where am I holding on to some story or some standard and you know just moving on from that I've I've also realized um this started happening um just at the start of this year I had a I had a, a moment where I suddenly remembered um, my dad reading me some bedtime stories. And that was a memory that I had essentially locked away and forgotten. And so there's been a few others that have arisen. So in the in me being willing to see him differently, well, I don't know about being willing, but certainly in me seeing him differently now, yeah. instead of being caught up in the story of this horrible man, of just this, you know, this... Well, he's just a man, basically. He's just a man who, who did what made sense to him and did his best. Um, letting go of all of those horrible stories in that space, like I've, there's other memories that have popped up that have been quite sweet that I guess, you know, they wouldn't get through. They wouldn't get through those stories. They wouldn't get through the filter of, no, no, of course, he didn't behave like that. He didn't, he wasn't the kind of man that would read bedtime stories to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's like we tell ourselves the story, and 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 um, if we're not careful, I think we will just always look for opportunities to to like reinforce that and back that up. Yeah. Um, but uh, seeing that and allowing that story to dissolve and getting curious, um, yeah, has, has just opened up so much. It really has. It's crazy. I mean, the past can change today. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, like exactly we talk that. about there exactly is no that. past, but I mean, the past yeah. is in our thinking right now and it can change. I mean, stuff comes to light. I love that. It's such a cool example and it makes such good sense that that would happen, that that stuff just can't get through until there's room for it to get through. And then you have a totally different childhood even yeah. right now yeah, as an adult. Totally. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it's not only my experience of him now that has changed on a day-to-day basis. It's my experience of my memories of the past that has also yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's, 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 yeah, that's kind of priceless. And I think, you know, it's, I would encourage anybody to sort of look a little in this area, at least be willing to just have a look because, um, I, I, I have said to my siblings, there's a, there's a much more pleasant experience available to you. There really is. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you say, you know, he's just a man, period, that really is a big pointer as well. It's like the so, you know, our our past, our resentment, our our story about what's going to happen if we have a relationship, if we don't have what we should have, what we shouldn't have. I mean, there's just so much of it. But when we strip it all away, it's like it's just a human being in front of us. And not not just a human being like you love him, like you love the homeless person on the street, but, you know, like a human being that we're drawn to connect with. And 
but for all the shoulds and thinking around it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so, so grateful. And, and, you know, who knows he, he's, um, you know, he's, he's not in great health and, um, you know, like I say, he's 85 and I'm, I'm really, really grateful that I've had this, this opportunity to, to reconnect very much deeply with him. And it's like it. So I'm fortunate in that it now, it now feels there isn't much more to say to each other. Like we, we're good. Like we get it. And, um, you know, the air has been cleared perhaps. And there's just, there's a deeper understanding and, um, you know, two or three years ago, I would have had a lot to say. (laughs) Yeah. What do you, what do you say, say to someone who, um, or I don't know, just, just kind of curious, like if, if someone doesn't have a relationship with their parent or they have a very strained relationship and they're kind of in that place you were in where it's like, well, I'm good. I, I've made peace with it in my own mind. But, but you know, it's like you said, there's, there's a lot better experience to be had, but they're not having it. But there's not the pull to have it. Does that make any sense? Like, you know, yeah. like we can know that more is available, um, but it's an interesting thing until you feel that, pull to reconnect and talk things out you then then the pull's just not there then what yeah and it's interesting i'm sure you get this as well about when people ask you these kind of questions what do you say to somebody under these circumstances yeah you know we can't ever really know right so (laughs) what i might share now might not be actually what i would say to that person if that situation arises and and it has arisen um working with, with with some clients at least something similar and I guess, like, I would want to, certainly I'd want to listen and see if there is any resistance to how things are. Because, like, you know, one of my siblings has said to me, no, I just don't want to do it. Like, this is it. This is it. This is how it is for me. And there is no, there doesn't appear to be a desire within them to see it differently at all. At all. Whereas, um, I think like the the friend who had pushed me could sense that there was something in me. Yeah. Or maybe not, I'm not sure, but she certainly she certainly pushed me to like there is there is something more pleasant available to you. Um and kind of kicked my ass about it, but I don't think I would do that with anybody else, but I would be listening to see whether there was any kind of inkling of desire to have it be different. Yes, and I, that irrespective irrespective of whether they believed it was possible or not. Right. Um, but if there is any kind of inkling, as there is like a little crack for the light to get in, then I would really love to just start exploring. Start exploring the extent of our all of the ideas and stories that we have. And um, yeah, just really start looking in that direction. But do you think there's always an inkling and it's just buried under thinking? Like, that's, I guess, the question I always have. Like, what if you you don't, when somebody really says and really honestly experiences, like, no, I'm good. I had enough. I'm, I'm over it. I've moved on with my life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess that's a, I don't know. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. And I, because I was that, I was that person. Like, yeah. I'm good. I'm forgiven. I've moved on. I've dealt with it. And um, I probably uh, was, uh, that's me also saying that, you know, I don't have an inkling. I can't tell you, Amy, whether I did have an inkling for it to be different. I was, I would, but I was, I was still, 
the truth of the matter was I was still wishing that he was different. Yeah. I was still wishing that he was different. So I wasn't in acceptance. Yeah. Of it. So so maybe that's it. And and maybe that's where the inkling is. Well if I'm if I'm wishing that he was different, then then in a way I'm I'm playing the same game. Yeah. No, that's super helpful. I think that's I think it's right on because we, you know, we we come up with ideas for how, how everything should look and feel. And so we think even our inkling to want to reconnect or whatever should look and feel a certain way. But I think that's a I'm not saying that's the answer, but I mean, it, it makes sense, right? It's like if, if there's any place where there's not complete peace around it, then there's, then there's something, something to be curious about anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there's me wishing he was different. So therefore, I'm not really at peace with an acceptance with it. Yeah. If I was at peace and acceptance with it, I would be, yeah, it, it, it's fine. I, I don't wish he was different. Yeah. Well, I love this story, Phil. I think it's so, um, I'm so happy for you. Like when you say, you know, that you, it, there's nothing more to say and it's, and you're good with it. I mean, that's awesome, right? That's what, it is awesome. that's what we like, want there's little with things. There's, Yeah, there's a little thing. I don't, I don't think he's ever noticed this either, but since this, whereas I, when I used to go and visit him, um, you could sense, you could sense like something in the air that kept us distant. Whereas now, Gosh, he's so over the moon. I'm often a little embarrassed by it. He's so pleased and he hugs me. We never used to hug at all. Never used to hug at all. But now he hugs me and he makes a fuss of me. He's just so overwhelmingly pleased to see me. But then there's this little thing, which I'm sure he doesn't notice. When I used to visit him, he would sit. I would sit on the, on the couch and he would sit in a chair, like at right angles across the other side of the room. But now he sits on the couch with me. It just, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I bet he doesn't even realize that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so great. I think it's just such a such a great example of how people don't have to change, but everything can change. The past can change, the present can change, the future can change when when the people themselves don't do anything different. I mean, it's just so so amazing to see that. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for being here and for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share it. It's, um, yeah, I'm um, really honored to, to come on your podcast, Amy. Thank you so much. Hey, you know it's officially the holiday season, right? Do you want a different experience of the holidays this year? Maybe one that isn't so cluttered with stress, pressure, and feelings of obligation. Or maybe one that's not full of the overs, you know, overeating, overdrinking, overspending, I used to over like crazy this time of year for years. I just woke up in January feeling like I needed to undo everything I'd done in December. And it doesn't have to be that way. It may look like the holiday season is a stressful time of year and that all that overing is just part of life. But what if none of that is actually true? What if the holidays aren't stressful at all? If you're ready for a brand new experience of the holidays this year, I've created something for you. It's a four-part video course that will help you see the holidays in a very different way. And for my holiday gift for you, the first of the four videos in the course is absolutely free. If you head over to dramyjohnson.com slash holiday, you'll be able to watch video one completely free. And if you like what you see in video one and you want the other three videos, and I think you will, you can use the promo code CHANGEABLE20 to bring the price of the full course down from $67 to just $47. So you save 20 bucks just for listening all the way to the very end of Changeable. 
Holidays aren't inherently stressful, and I can't wait to see what's possible for you this holiday season. And if you're still listening, I have one more holiday offer for you. Now through December 31st, 2019, so just until the end of this year, pre-enrollment in the March class of the Little School of Big Change is 33% off. Follow the link in the show notes or go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to see more and to pre-enroll in the next course at this special price. I would love to have you in class on March 2nd.